This podcast is sponsored by GCK Consulting, a next generation political consulting firm. From fundraising to polling to campaign strategy, GCK is helping get millennials elected all across the country. To learn more about GCK and their services, just go to gckconsults.com. Again, that's gckconsults.com. All right, now to the podcast. Welcome to the Millennial Politics Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Valerie. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And today I'm joined by Constance Anastapulo, Democratic nominee for South Carolina Attorney General. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, we're glad to have you. So first off, could you tell us about your background and what motivated you to jump into this race? I've been a litigator in South Carolina now for 25 years. The last 10 years, I've been a professor of law. I teach ethics at the law school here in Charleston, South Carolina. So I'm an ethics professor, a litigator, I'm a wife, um, a mother, I have two girls. I have often said on the campaign trail, I really don't need another job, but I want another job. And I got in this race because as an ethics professor, I could not sit on the sidelines any longer and watch our state be run by unethical politicians. We have a corruption problem in this state. We've already had seven legislators either indicted or convicted of corruption charges. And there's an ongoing um, investigation and so I just I just couldn't sit on the sidelines any longer. And I felt like the people of South Carolina deserved a candidate that was going to stand up for the people of South Carolina and not for the corporations. Could you tell us a little bit more about the problem of corruption in the state? So our state, we seem to have a system of, of basically pay to play um, where corporations, for example, we just posted on our Facebook page and asked to for attorney general, um, a list of, so we, we have an issue in South Carolina regarding uh, our utilities. There's a, there's a big company called SCANA, S-C-A-N-A. And SCANA has donated, while they're raising rates across the state, they're building a $9 billion nuclear plant that, that they have now declared to be defunct and will never, ever open. And they passed that cost on to our citizens and ratepayers in the state. It's costing every person in South Carolina $27 a month to pay for a $9 billion plant that's never going to open. We, we posted on our Facebook page a scroll of all the money, over $1.2 million, that SCANA has donated to politicians, Republicans and Democrats, to the current attorney general, to the, to the comptroller general of the state. It is a pay-to-play system, and it is, it, it's corruption. And we've, again, we've had an investigation going on into it, and it's an ongoing issue in this state. As I said, I, I got into this race because I am not a career politician. I want to bring change to the state and go up there and clean up uh, this ethics problem that we have. And what exactly could you do as attorney general to clean up this ethics problem? Well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to clean up this scan mess. I am going to civilly I'm going to pursue. So as attorney general, you both have the right to, to pursue claims civilly and criminally as a prosecutor, as the chief law enforcement officer of the state. So civilly, I'm going to go after the money and I'm going to get the money back. I've already asked uh, that all legislators return the money that has been paid as campaign contributions, one over $1.2 back 
to either charities or to ratepayers. Two is I'm going to pursue the current and ongoing bills for nuclear plant that's defunct and, and stop the flow of money going back to SCANA and give it back to the ratepayers. And the third thing I'm going to do is I'm going to pursue criminal charges and prosecute these folks, uh, both in the legislature where we find corruption, where we, pay, we find that they've engaged in a pay to play system. I'm going to put them in jail as the chief prosecutor of the state. So I'm going to pursue both civil and criminal actions to try and stop the flow of money and to clean up the mess. And what are the other issues facing your state that you would hope to address as attorney general? Well, the first one, again, as I said, is is ethics and and corruption. The second really big issue in this state is we we have some of the most beautiful coastline in the country. And um, our, our legislature and our current attorney general is taking campaign contributions from big oil, and they are uh, willing to allow offshore drilling off our coast. So as, as most people know, South Carolina is very susceptible to hurricanes. If we have oil drills off our coast and we get hit by a hurricane, one mistake, one hurricane in our coastline is ruined for a generation. So as attorney general, I will fight offshore oil drilling in our state. I will seek an exemption as Florida received for the same situation of of hurricanes and to protect their coastline. I will seek an exemption to prevent offshore oil drilling in our state. Another big issue in our state is is the opioid crisis. South Carolina is, as as just about every state is, we, we have a real issue with the opioid crisis. And I will pursue the manufacturers of opioids Um, And in fact, I've already done it about 12, 13 years ago as a civil lawyer, I pursued the maker of Oxycontin, Purdue Pharma, and we obtained a consent judgment in 2007. And it was up to our state attorney general to enforce that consent judgment to make sure that Purdue Pharma did not continue to dump Oxycontin in our state. And and our attorney general has failed in that. Uh, I will pursue the manufacturers of Oxycontin. I will prevent them, as I've already done civilly, from dumping their opioids into our state, and I'll make them pay for the cost of the care that it is costing our state to take care of people. So I will go after the opioid manufacturers, and I will not take money, unlike my opponent, from opioid manufacturers. So we talked about utilities, we've talked about offshore oil drilling, we've talked about the opioid crisis. And I guess the third really big thing that I talk about is I think I think we need term limits, and I vow to not serve more than two terms. Some of our current legislators are, have been in Columbia for 20, 30, 40 years. That's a career. <laughs> That's not public service. So I will push for term limits to stop this idea that you go into politics and you stay there forever. So you mentioned the recent hurricane. Very notably, South Carolina officials refused to relocate prisoners in mandatory evacuation zones. What are your thoughts on this? I think it's shameful. You know, the first job that I had uh, out of law school when I was, I don't know, 25 years ago, I worked, I, I received a grant from Z. Smith Reynolds Foundation, and I worked with women in prison in the North Carolina prison. There's only one prison in North Carolina. And what I found, and, and that work, really informed the kind of lawyer that I became. But what I found was while there there are people in prison and some of them committed some bad crimes, they're still people and they are entitled to the same protections that everyone is entitled to. And I I think it's shameful that they would not relocate prisoners. And and worse than that, we we had a sheriff's van that went and flooded into a river, two women who were not even prisoners. They were seeking mental health care drown because they were handcuffed in the van, but the two sheriff's deputies were able to get out. And again, I think that's shameful. 
This shameful refusal to evacuate coincided with the recent nationwide prison strike. Are you familiar with said strike? Not the nationwide one. We've we've had particular issues in the state of South Carolina. We had a we had a, a riot where our Department of Corrections failed to understand the situation at a prison. They didn't have sufficient manpower. They mixed two gangs in one very small prison in a rural part of South Carolina, and it resulted in the deaths of, I think, seven or nine prisoners. So I'm not familiar with the nationwide one. I, I just am so focused on South Carolina right now. What are the conditions in prisons in South Carolina right now? Well, and again, my work with women in, in the prison at the beginning of my law career really informs this, but but we have an overcrowded system and, and it's abominable. It really is. And and we have prisons that were built for two, three thousand and we've got ten thousand people in them. And it, and this idea is we just keep building more prisons is not sustainable. We have got to have criminal justice reform. Um, and I vow as attorney general to work very hard on that issue and really change the way that we treat criminals, the way that we treat prisoners. And what proposals do you have right now in regards to criminal justice reform? Well, one of, one of the big issues, I think, is, again, South Carolina, and, I, and I'll just speak anecdotally. So my brother was a prosecutor, and now he is a, a defense attorney. Um, and he talks about the sentences that, that his clients get, primarily uh, young, African-American, low income, for, for nonviolent crimes like marijuana. They get three to five years in this state. So one of the one of the things as attorney general I intend to do is to reform the way that we treat nonviolent crimes. Locking kids up and locking people up is just not the solution. And I think we've proved that. So that's one of the first things I will work on to change South Carolina. And what are your thoughts on marijuana legalization? I think that there is a place for medical marijuana. I, I, I cannot say I would advocate for people to be able to, to walk down the street. I have some familiarity with, with the way California is implementing their uh, legalization of marijuana. I, I think there is a place for it. Um, I think it has to be studied a little bit so we can figure out how to phase it in and how to do it best. But I certainly believe that it's time that we move forward. And this idea of locking people up for a bag of marijuana is just, it, it's, it's misplaced. And do you support expunging the records of people who are charged with nonviolent marijuana-related offenses? Yes. Hey, everyone. I'm Nathan. And I'm Dylan. And as you know, Millennial Politics is totally independent and volunteer-run. That means every podcast you listen to, every article you read, and every tweet you see is created by a dedicated team of volunteers. It also means that we can say what we want to say when we want to say it, but we rely on listeners just like you to support our work. We hope you'll consider supporting us by subscribing at patreon.com slash millenpolitics. Every dollar will go directly towards our mission of shining a spotlight on progressive candidates, causes, and organizations. And if you subscribe at the ambassador level or more, we'll send you a free copy of How Our Government Really Works Despite What They Say. It's an award-winning book about the intricacies of American government. And you'll get to join our exclusive ambassador Slack channel and get to hang out with us all day, every day. 
I pretty much live there. So if that appeals to you, come join us. And we want to give a very special shout out to our executive producer, Greg Stevens, and our producers, Brad Tracy and Renee Garcia-Brown. Again, if you want to continue hearing interviews and conversations just like this one, we hope you'll visit patreon.com slash millenpolitics. That's patreon.com slash M-I-L-L-E-N politics and join the movement. All right, now back to the show. Right now on our highest court, we are seeing a lot of, I don't think controversy is the right word, Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh, what's going on now? I'm sure you're familiar. Yes. The Me Too movement has brought so much awareness to just how insidious and pervasive sexual assault, abuse, and violence is in every aspect of our society. What would you do as attorney general to hold said violence accountable? South Carolina is one of the original 13 colonies. We're, We're a very old state, and I am the first woman to run for attorney general in this state. I, I think it's truly shocking that it's taken until 2018 for a woman to even be in this race. And I think that is important because it is important about having women in office who understand important issues like sexual assault, like domestic violence, like gender discrimination. We bring a perspective. And, and I, I think looking at what's going on with Kavanaugh and what's going on with our president in regard to just basically being tone deaf to the perspective of a woman, what it feels like and, and saying things like, well, why didn't she just report it? They just don't understand. And so I think as attorney general, it's so important to bring the perspective that I have as, as a woman to this issue. And I will stand up for women. I have fought all my life as a lawyer. For those folks who often don't have a voice, and I intend to continue to do that, including uh, survivors of domestic violence, survivors of sexual assault, and survivors of gender discrimination. You mentioned Donald Trump. I'm curious how you would work to oppose his agenda as attorney general. Well, one of the things that's really important in this state, and in South Carolina particularly, as attorney general, is health insurance. And I think his idea of trying to gut Obamacare and trying to take out the pre-existing condition um, requirement, I I will stand up for the people of South Carolina. And whether it's Trump or any other politician, anybody who who comes in and tries to hurt the citizens of South Carolina's attorney general, I'll stand up for him. And that's not what we have now, whether it's health care or whether it's tariffs or or some other agenda that, that the president has that I believe hurts our state, I will fight it and I will stand up for the citizens. And, I, and, I, and again, I think that is a huge change from the current attorney general who stands up for corporations. You're obviously dedicated to getting money out of politics. What could you do to get money out of politics for other branches of government that aren't necessarily going to be so friendly to that goal? Well, again, one of the one of the interesting things and one of the good things about the state of South Carolina is we have a unique system in the way that our government is set up. So in South Carolina, we actually have somewhat of a, of a weak governor system. We have a very strong legislative system and we have a very strong attorney general. Um, and so as attorney general, I will be able to pursue actions independent of the governor and independent of the legislature. And, and again, that's what we've got going on now is investigations into this issue of corruption and pay to play in our current legislature. Um, what I love about becoming the attorney general of South Carolina is the ability to not 
have to get approval from the governor to take action or from the legislature and, and to eradicate the flow of money that seems to be our problem in the state. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. We really appreciate it. Again, I'm glad to be here. And uh, thank you for the opportunity to talk about my race in South Carolina and to share with you some of my thoughts. Of course, and we hope to get you on after you win in November as well. And of course, to our listeners, make sure to follow Millennial Politics on social media, support us through our Patreon, check out our website, millennialpolitics.co, and stay tuned for the next episode of our podcast. Thanks for listening.